Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. Sarah Bennett. I'm really good, Duncan, and yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks very much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to come on the podcast. My pleasure, my pleasure. Any time for you, Duncan. <laughs> so, Sarah, <laughs> we go back to about well, about ten years ago. But um, just for the listeners out there, take us all the way back to how you got into the game and how you've ended up where you are today. Right. Okay. Well, as I'm a no spring chicken, this could take a few minutes, but I'll make it as uh, as swift as I can. Um, my sort of introduction to the game was fairly unique, really. I mean, I was um, always a very sort of uh, sporty person, played uh, sort of county county hockey, county netball um, until I had an injury. Um, found some very old golf clubs of my father's, um, hickory shafts. Hopefully some of those listeners will, will have to do a Google search on those. But um, so there I was swinging in the garden. Um, Got picked up by the local pro, so off I went for my um, my Saturday lessons, and uh, within about three and a half years, had, had, had turned pro from picking up a golf club. So, um, what age was that, Sarah? I started when I was about fourteen, fifteen, quite seriously. So I started very, very late. I was a late, um, a late starter as uh, in the industry. Yeah. And you, but you got down to a really low handicap as well, though, didn't you? Yeah, I um, I managed to get off uh, off plus four. Um, not quite sure how I did that when I go and play the odd holes these days, but um, yeah, I so I played off plus four when I just before I turned pro. And did you start as a playing or touring professional, or were you? Did you go down down the PGA route first of all, or was it a combination of the two? Um, well, I think for me, the interesting thing was I was I was very much um, a player, so I concentrated solely on the playing. Um, which at the time I thought was the right thing to do. Um, and obviously when my career came to fairly abrupt halt in 2005, um, I wondered if I'd actually done it the correct way. But on reflection, I think that um, playing experience is something that has absolutely been invaluable to my um, to my performance programmes, not only with my county players, um, with, with previous England players, but also just generally, just generally coaching, um, sort of really experiencing, uh, experience various um, new situations. I probably would have handled quite differently. Um, so I think in reflection, I think that was actually quite a good way of doing it. So you're out on tour from when to when? Um, I turned pro in 1991, um, just after I won the, um, the Moira Smith Salva at Woburn. Um, and then I... I finished in 2005. Okay. 15, sorry. 2000, yeah, 2005, 2005. 2005. And then you did yeah. your PJ then or do you? No, I, 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 had, I had a sort of um, enforced break. I had a, had a slight balance disorder, which put me out for a few years. Um, so I commenced my training uh, three years of 2008. So it's been a rapid, a rapid sort of change of careers, really, um, directly into coaching, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed. Okay, so you did, um, so you did your PGA, which what takes us up to about what two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Yes, yes, okay. yeah. And then, so where did you do your training? 
Um, well, I did my training um, sort of, you know, within uh, around uh, Chelmsford area, um, around the Three Rivers area. Yeah. Um, and then I just progressed from there pretty much straight into the um, full-time coaching role. So it was, you know, coaching was something that I absolutely loved. And, you know, I sort of quite enjoyed the other elements as well of the programme, um, which which make a complete a complete professional um it, i think that that knowledge is invaluable you know you do need all of those areas but um but for me coaching com- coaching was my goal and i've really pretty much done full-time coaching since qualifying and then so so we're up to about 2011 so you you currently teach is it at three rivers yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm full-time there at three rivers yeah full-time so what what's the facility like there what what happens if someone turns up and uh how do they book a lesson with you and kind of talk us through the first five minutes of a of a session with you okay well the thing for me duncan i um i've looked at doing sort of online bookings um however i've kind of looked at it and i actually think i'm very much of a whether you call it an old, old style pro, but with the actual the actual face to face communication and by phone is really important mm. to me, um, because I think we do forget, you know, for for a new player walking into a facility, it does take a lot of um, a lot of courage to book a lesson, and then walking into a venue where is very, you know, the facilities are in, environment is very strange. You you do need that immediate um, sort of welcoming area and, and welcoming tone for the, for those players so you know initially I will ensure that they arrive maybe 15-20 minutes prior to the given coaching slot um, just sort of run through their aspirations because you know I think the other thing we do we can tend to get hung up the fact that you know everyone wants to be a you know single figure handicap or, or play for their club you know that certainly isn't the case and I think it's so important to get that knowledge straight away so you can structure the pace of the lesson and obviously the way that they practice. So you would take, um, I mean, I know that you teach everyone from beginner to all the way through to playing professionals uh, completely across the board as well. Um, And I'll get into, I'll get into a few of the other areas a bit later, but so for someone that is, we're going to say it's a recreational goal for someone who hasn't had a lesson with you before, uh, Mm-hmm. Turn up at Three Rivers, they get a warm welcome. You go through it like a fifth uh, with them, and then you go out. Is there a driving range there or grass practice ground? What's the what's the actual facility like? Well, we've got um, the facility there is is is, is sort of le- certainly lends itself to a new player. We have a grassed area um, currently with sort of three or four little small practice holes at the top, um, and actually as we speak. Um, we're actually having a covered driving range built, which looking at today's weather, it's <laughs> going to be very, uh, <laughs> very welcome finally. Um, but I think, you know, I think I, I've always been a fan of the grassed area. I think you can you can do so much on, you know, within utilising that area rather than being in a static position. So I'm kind of a, a one where I like to vary certain shots, etc. as we go along. Um, but for a new player, you know, I make sure that I have a, a you know a full set of clubs just to just to quickly run by the equipment that we use, mm-hmm. and obviously to make sure they don't get sort of secondhand equipment because it's great value, and obviously 
turn up with with shafts that are steel shafts in particular for ladies generally um you know equipment equipment that that is right for them so I'll, i'll make sure that they have an understanding of what we're actually trying to use and why we use them and when we use them and then so then you'll run through we're going to say this is someone that um so if it's someone who's never played before do you start what what area of the game do you tend to start with okay what i do for for a new player i'll tend to start with 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 a chipping chipping short game so i'll generally take them to top few holes um put them in various situations quite early on to be honest with you sort of showing them we have different lies um etc and then what i'll do is go through obviously how to hold the club um and which grip is for them is entirely their choice you know i'll give them an option mm-hmm. and i say right you know i want you to have a little a little practice with the club i'll generally give them a club that they can go away with um and then maybe next session they'll they'll suddenly realize that Wow! Wow! I, I've actually changed subconsciously to to a different grip. It's it's quite interesting, really. You know, people will do that subconsciously, so they'll find a, a grip for them. So I'll start. I'll start with a short game, and then gradually build up to the full swing, and then really try and get them to play a couple of little of the holes in probably about the, the third session. To be honest with you, Duncan. So get them get them experiencing the fun element of the game straight away, rather than standing there with our little famous seven iron um, for sort of seven weeks in a row. So, Cool. And then, so you've done, let's say you've been out on the golf course with them one or two times. So let's say, you know, five or six weeks down the, down the line. Yep. I, I know something that obviously we done, oh, I can't remember now. Was it about 2008, maybe in 2009, that mm-hmm. we got a group of ladies together. Yep. That were either beginners or very inexperienced at the game. Something mm-hmm. that you that you do as well. So if you have someone that starts off as an individual, do you then introduce them to to other to other people so that they can get some games of golf? Or what's the, what what's kind of your process from there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I sort of run various. Obviously, I run the, my my golfing girl sessions, which um, our group session, two hour group sessions, which to be honest with you, are open to any standard of player. And I think once once the sort of newer players have attended that session, um, I try to sort of pair them up with, you know, naturally they will sort of get on with various ladies within that group. And I'll ask them to sort of go out for a few holes. The more experienced players will take them out for a few holes. Um, and suddenly that, that barrier is broken down. And I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting because within, within that group se- session, I get them working together. And I kind of switch switch the pairings throughout that two hour slot, um, and it's quite interesting because by the end of it, the newer players are like, "Well, you know, gosh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't as bad as I, as I thought I was yeah. going to be." And it's always it's always that confidence thing, you know, Duncan. When they can see new established players, they suddenly think, "Wow, you know, they can hit, they they can actually hit shots like me along the ground." Yeah. Or... <laughs> so it, it does give them a lot of confidence. Yeah. So you. It really is. So do you hold those as a regular? Is that a regular time slot in your week, or does it vary? Or what's uh, how does golfing girl work? Well, the funny thing is, it has changed. I'll be honest with you; it's changed over the years. I've probably five years. I mean, I started off when I first qualified. I thought, right, okay, come on, let's do an hour session weekly for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And you know what? 
I realised that that wasn't really workable. And I think that's for a number of reasons. A, the time restraints. You know, people don't, people can't commit to, to weekly to weekly sessions. There's so much more in life these days. Mm. And plus it doesn't really give them the opportunity to self-practice, to go out with their friends and, and suddenly realise that their best friend might play golf as well. And they might say, oh, come on, you know, my next session is now in a month. So what I do now, I run them um, monthly um, for, for, for actually two, two, hours, two hour session slots. So that also gives me the flexibility. I'm taking them on the golf course as well when it's not so busy. Yeah. You know, so on a Saturday, my, my, my regular slot is between sort of one and three. But I always block off, you know, another hour afterwards so you can sit and have a, have a coffee, of course, and uh, <laughs> maybe a pins in the, <laughs> around Wimbledon, Wimbledon time. <laughs> and so the, how many are allowed? How many, what's the maximum in the group? How many would you pick out I, two hours? I I always have ma- maximum of eight, okay. maximum of eight. Yeah. But it, it works well because as I said I never ever have a line of eight. I just I just don't agree with that. And I think it's you know I like the fact that you know if I'm sort of um, coaching on an say aim for example, you know I always get them you know the, the partner to stand behind and kind of guess where the where guess where the player is aiming and stuff like that. So I try to get them helping each other as well so it's um i don't really have them in a long line hitting balls so um i always have them working with each other and you know if 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 one of the players isn't hitting then they'll be practicing their grip or something like that so there's always something that's going on for for them both so and then within that two hours i presume you're you're kind of roaming between the groups you know and helping them individually on whatever aspect of the, of their game they they need to improve, whether it be getting the ball out of the bunker, getting a fairway wood or a fairway metal off the fairway. Um, mm-hmm. Might be a yeah. could be anything, yeah. could be grip, could be anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, within that eight, I think that's, that, that is the beauty of coaching. You know, you can get a, um, a variety of standards and pair them, as I said, either with experienced experience or experienced new. So the new player can, can watch a little bit of, of how the more experienced player is going. And then, you know, I always conclude with sort of one major thing that they're going to be working on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it really does. It, 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 it's certainly, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is that when I first put it up, they said two hours. And I said, trust me, you won't, be- you won't, you won't believe how quick those two hours go. So. Yeah, they just fly. <laughs> they do. Oh, fantastic. So let's say that a uh, few people, you know, one of – one of your group has been to a few um, a few of the two-hour sessions, but they want to really focus on themselves, so they book an hour session with you. Um, mm-hmm. What's involved in an hour session with regards to technology, training aids, um, in-between sessions, all that sort of stuff? So what yep. if, if I and, – and do you book – can I book a series of lessons with you? And if, if so, what happens in-between sessions? Yeah, I mean, as, again, you know, when I with the with the initial meeting, I sit down and say, look, you know, the big thing for me is I need to get the feedback to see what's working well and what isn't, and, you know, what areas, you know, might not be either I've not, you know, explained myself 100 percent or they're not quite understanding what I'm trying to trying to work on. Um, so that, that communication in between sessions, I regularly get emails um, from players 
you know, some with, you know, really good, really good results. And one saying, you know, I didn't quite, didn't quite happen. And I had a particular player that um, was a gentleman and I hadn't seen him for about a month. And I said, how's it been going? He said, well, you know what? I've been struggling a little bit. And I said, okay, so, okay. I hadn't had any sort of communication from him. But then he, I said, well, you know, okay, how, how have you been working working this out if you've been going back to what we worked on last session and he said well I've looked at a few YouTube videos and well we we sat down and we said look come on here's the video of where we were and here's the video now so and we just had a little chat and said look I reinforced the fact that if you did have a problem to contact me and I mean it is I think technology is great but I think it can be very well can be bombarding in a very very confusing and i think especially to to a player that can get frustrated as a novice player um, yeah but you know very quickly you know i did the i did the did the video i mean i don't have trackman gc2 um launch monitors i use you know a small launch system with with the short game but you know what you'll probably laugh at this i use a lot of <laughs> i use a lot of natural training aids i use a you know we've had We've had the, the sunniest weather for goodness only knows how long. And so I use shadows quite a lot, give them instant feedback. I use natural slopes. I use very simple things that they can they can practice at home with. So I don't need to rush out and go and, you know, spend a fortune on training aids. So I'm very much one of a, come on, let's try and get a bit innovative here. Let's try and use something that, you know, you have at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, always, I always remember working for Lawrence at uh, at Moore Park and if someone had too flat or too rounded a backswing he used to back them up towards the the trees at the, on the far left hand side of the uh, of the practice ground yep and basically they used to take their backswing and stick the club into the tree and then come on down and leaving the seven iron still in the tree <laughs> and then suddenly they realized oh so if I swing my club a bit more upright here yeah oh I don't Great. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, they found the they found the position by by constraint, as we would now call it, but mm-hmm. basically by exploring and using the natural terrain, as you were saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit more self safety conscious, Dunks. I use a big hedge. So <laughs> I use a big hedge. <laughs> yeah, use a big hedge. I think, I think this is from my my flat swing experience. So I probably made a hole in it by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a groove near the top. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! So you've done. Um, I know you've. I've, you know, I've played a little. Well, I haven't really played golf with you, but we've done lots of uh, training and seminars and bits and pieces together. And you've always had a wonderful, wonderful short game. So I presume uh, part of your programs would in, you know, you would build in the short game with that. So is there any training aids or little tips or drills that you like to use quite often, or is there? Um. I think the biggest thing for me that I've, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've certainly learned, you know, that's changed since I was a tour player. I mean, obviously with the short game, it used to be the old, you know, as we've all done, hands forward, open shoulders, open stance and, you know, everything else. And I, I would always, I was, as you said, my short game is my strength. And um, however, I could, I was always a bit confused why I couldn't play certain shots and, so I think the thing for me now as a coach that's learning from my experiences that there are other ways to, to play a short game shot, finesse shot. And um, so I'm very much of a 
playing out coach now that that looks at a particular motion and and tries to create a, a sort of a more sort of a shallow shallow approach in, into the with a short game area. I mean, I love the fact. I remember I was with Jim and you know Chris and many playing truth seminars and sort of get getting the feeling that 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 club head is just dropping through first before the handle. And that just makes a, such a big difference. It really does in the strike and the consistency um, and also direction. You know, we don't want to be putting too much side spin on these shots. We just want a consistent roll, to be honest with you. Just, you know, the game's hard enough. We just want that ball to be rolling as true as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you got, you know, we've pretty much covered all the aspects of um, of, of some of the stuff, obviously, that you that you offer. So, um, you mentioned just mentioned Jim and Chris and the you know in the, at the Plain Truth uh, seminars. Are you um, throughout your career have you kind of had any mentors or people that you you could kind of phone up and speak to that um, that you could ask questions to and that would um, give you advice? Sometimes it's not always what we want to hear, but we know it's <laughs> in the long run the best thing for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the funny thing is, you know, it just seems like yesterday, um, you know, amazing friend of mine, Beverly Lewis, who's absolutely been instrumental in my career right from when I started the game. You know, I remember my parents used to used to drop me off at, at her house on a on a weekend Sunday, and and I used to have a lesson with Bev, and we used to sit and discuss you know how I could how I could improve and I think the big thing I learned from Bev she was always so open and Mm. I remember her saying to me I hope you don't mind but I've called one of my other good friends to very very good coach just to get his take on the swing so she was someone that if she needed some um advice as well she was she was willing to 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 sort of be be big enough to phone up somebody to you know to ask that to, to actually help me and I think that that's the biggest thing for me. It's the openness and the, you know, the the character of Bev that is really, you know, strong throughout my career. And I still I still chat to Bev for we have a good old natter every week for about an hour on the phone. So. <laughs> and would you say that 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 Beverly basically shaped the way that you you do as well? So if you're if you're let's say struggling on a certain aspect of with someone else's you know with one of the students that you have yeah do you find that you're you're quite happy then to to give someone a call and say look I'm struggling with such and such will you have a look absolutely I I phone I phone my friend I phone Bev yeah perfect <laughs> you know I think I think the funny thing was Bev she's, she's so funny she says gosh that's a great big long word I don't think but I'm sure this means the same as what I used to use oh. <laughs> So we uh, absolutely, Duncan. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good PGA pros out there that are very open, which which makes the industry welcoming and, and a massive learning environment. You know, especially you know, especially sometimes I do feel isolated where I am, and it's I'd, I'd love nothing better than to be you know having a team surrounded by me of, of great coaches that I can I can learn from and I think that's that's what we all strive for as as, as PGA pros to get better and um, so absolutely and would you say that's one of the reasons why you attend um, seminars not just in the UK but I know that you obviously you go out to the states because we see each other at the PGA show or at yep. the plane trip summit or or something else, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what an opportunity. I mean, what an opportunity to 
you know, to meet, I've met with, you know, Mark Brody is a great friend of mine now. And, 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 you know, it's just amazing that those guys will give up time to me. They don't know me. And I think the thing is that I think that's a big thing. They are so, so willing to pass their, their years and their expertise to, to sort of help anyone, you know, and, and I think that's just really humbling. So, And would you say that that's really good advice for any young professional coming into the game, young coach coming into the game with regards to if you can find an email or if you see them at a seminar or even at a conference, if, if whether or not they're presenting, mm. to, you know, to go up to them and ask, would it be possible to send them an email to, to meet up, buy them a coffee or something like that? And even if you get a few no's, just to keep plugging away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the big thing is I'm, I'm sometimes a little shy and it's quite difficult for me to go up to these folk to ask them. But you know what? In the end of the day, if you've got that courage just just to make that one step, I will be very surprised if too many people turn you down because they really are willing to help. I mean, I flew, yeah. you know, I mean, Jim and Chris are amazing. And, you know, I was fortunate. I had the opportunity to, to listen to Stan Utley in Phoenix. So I just hopped on my flight and off I went. You know, you don't you don't get those opportunities every day, and you know you you have to take them. You really do have to take them. So I think you know, as soon as you're qualified, don't think of that as a as a final stepping stone. You really are even on the lowest of the of the rung, and it and it's really up to you to 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 progress your career and progress yourself. And yeah, you know, definitely just the start, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So you got um, any other any other mentors or people out there that you? You mentioned obviously Jim, Chris, Beverly, Mark, bit of Stan in there as well. Anyone else that's kind of influenced you that you would either either that or is there any books or videos or as we've already <laughs> covered it a little bit, YouTube, uh, anyone that you would recommend looking at or listening to? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, gosh, wow. There's, I mean, I think a great one, I think, I think you were on that seminar as well, but I think you you sort of spoke to him initially was Scott Corset yeah. with with the you know and course management and massive part of the game and it's it's so undertaught it really is or un- misunderstood should I say and I think yeah. you know a lot of people can really focus so much on the on the technical game that they actually forget that we've got to get that little ball round that hole in as few shots as possible end of. You know, we don't we don't win events for pretty swings, as you know, as Jim said, it's effective swings, and I, it's very very true. So I think um, I think the course management area is huge as well, um, massive. I mean, you know, I think as well as growing up, you know, Nancy Lopez was always a, you know, an icon in my eyes, and I've met Nancy a couple of times, and what a, what a lovely lady, and. Um, just yeah, just to be around those people, you know, legends really, um, incredible. How, how did that come about? Well, I was at um, was at the Solheim Cup, and um, and she was there. Obviously, she was a captain there, and um, just just saw her, and I just kind of had the courage to go up and you know just introduce myself, and and she even though you had a European, you had your European face paint on. <laughs> <laughs> hey that that's my that's my everyday look yeah <laughs> i have my blue nails and everything absolutely <laughs> but yeah so i mean just um just an amazing lady amazing so 
And what did you ask her? Oh, well, do you know what? If you're, allowed, <laughs> sorry, if you're allowed to share or willing to share. Sorry, Sarah, I'll put you on the spot a bit. No, you're all right. Well, the funny thing is I used to watch her in the... Um, do you remember you used to have like the rounds with Alice and things like that? Yeah. So I used to watch her in all of that and... It was. We were just talking generally, really. It wasn't anything specific about technical areas and things. But I think the one big area that I always use, Nancy, within my coaching is some people talk about, oh, you know, you've got to keep this left foot planted. And, and, and I said, really? Okay. Well, I'll show you someone that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's been a... It's been. I've been very fortunate in my career, to be honest. With you, I've met a lot of very influential people. But I think my only regret is probably at the time, I didn't realise how influential. But you know, I, I think my goodness, there I am. I, you know, I probably told you the other day I met Byron Nelson. Yeah. And here I was sitting with my goodness, oh, you know, an amazing eleven times straight consecutive tournament winner, PGA tournament winner. Here I am sitting with with the great and. But we were just having a, a just a, a just a normal sort of afternoon chat, really. And yeah. um, I've never been somebody that's been invading people's privacy. I find that quite awkward. So I, we just had a lovely little chat. And but you know, about ten years later, I look in my PGA merchandise book and I thought, wow, he's actually signed my book, and I didn't realise how amazing that was. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That was yeah. awesome. And how did that come about? How did that situation present Well, itself? I played with a, um, we're okay brand naming here, sort of Cleveland wedges for years and years and years. Yeah. I, was in, I remember years ago, I was in California practicing and um, I was aware of a gentleman sitting on the bench behind me. And I thought, oh, that's all right. Then I started to be a bit sort of self-conscious. I thought, why is he watching me hitting these wedges? Anyway, I stopped and I, I went over and had a chat and it was um, Roger Cleveland's father. Oh. And um, anyway, we got chatting and um, he said, well, you know, when you go to the show, you know, I'd like to meet Roger. Anyway, so I met Roger there and then um, Roger said, would you like to meet somebody very special, Sarah? And I said, yeah, sure. So that that's really how the introduction happened. So Roger introduced oh. me to Byron. <laughs> How nice is that? Yeah, it's amazing, wasn't it? Oh, that's really cool. So I just want to go back to the Solheim Cup, if I may. Yep, sure. How many, how many of those have you attended? Oh, my goodness, I did. I've done, I've attended three. I've taken three. I've attended three. And I've I've taken a group of golfing girls with, with me each time. So I was going to say, that's through, through golfing girls, that's you take a group of how many? Or has that changed? Well, I had I had for Colleen, Colleen Castle, I had probably about 20, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was quite ironic, really, because that was one of the first trips I did. And I learned pretty quickly that um, don't try to get the flight out on the Sunday evening. Because at <laughs> yeah. one point we were looking like Europe were going to lose. Um, ahem, half an hour into the coach ride, we got the phone call that Europe had just won. Oh, <laughs> okay would have been a nice atmosphere on the coach it was a very jolly atmosphere yes <laughs> but um but yeah so still generally about 16 something like that and I went to St Leon Row which was about the same number yeah 
you know, it is, it's a lot of hard work to organise, but um, it, I think that personal touch is important. Um, you know, so I organ- I'll organise a, a private bus, which um, was a bit interesting. We had about <laughs> 20 other people from the hotel thought, oh, there's a nice bus, let's get on the bus. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to politely say, um, this is a private bus, but <laughs> if you're willing to put five euros in, we'll all have a drink afterwards. <laughs> Are they all piled on? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, quite fun, but uh, those little things you have to be very diplomatic in sorting out. Yeah, and are you doing one for the next one? I probably will, absolutely, up in the Glen Eagles, yes. Fantastic, excellent. Yes. So people can contact you for that, maybe. Yes, absolutely, you can't miss that one. What a, what a, what a venue, what a venue. Yeah. And is it, it's being played on the Kings, isn't it, or...? Um, yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. So, are you reading any books at the moment? What's the What's the current golfing book? Is it a golfing book, or is it another area of business or life, or what's the? Well, the book that I'm reading is called The Pressure Principle. I've just started it actually. Um, yeah, by Dave Allred. Um, yeah. it's fantastic. Really enjoy his his stuff, and um, I'm a big fan of John Wooden as well. Yeah, and, and then are you listening to any podcasts? Um, I don't get time, Duncan. <laughs> no, I know. Bit of... I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Sarah, I know you're well-travelled and you're obviously you've played around the world with um, when you're on tour and things like that. So do you have a special golf course, a number one golf course you'd always like to play? If you only could play one golf course for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, I really enjoy New South Wales, Australia. The views, oh, okay. views over Botany Bay are amazing. So that would yes. be it. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm actually going to throw a little curveball at you. Um, so you're allowed a four ball. <laughs> Who's the other three? <laughs> well, it'd have to be you, Dunks. <laughs> No, you don't want to play with me. <laughs> oh, caddy. Oh, caddy. Well, actually, I nearly played with him last week, so I managed to get Steve Davis to the big charity day. He's my absolute sporting hero. Yeah, okay. but I, I didn't play because I was too busy um, too busy organising, so it probably have to be... Oh, gosh. Let me think. It would be... Oh, let me just get my brain in, in gear. It would be, well, I'll say Steve, because I didn't actually play with Steve, all right? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed playing, I played with Annika, I enjoy playing with Annika, she's great, great mm. fun. Um, it's got to be, you know what, it would have to be Tiger. I just, I'm sorry, I still think he's an absolute, I mean, the way he, the way he gets around the golf course is, is second to none. The shot shaping and the skill is just incredible. Um, then my last one would be doesn't have to be a golfer, does it? It no. would have to be Mr. Federer. <laughs> okay, so it's 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 you and Steve Davis against Roger Federer and Tiger. Absolutely, Abs- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> then a game of tennis and a game of snooker after. You've got it. 
my favourite sports. Yeah, my favourite sports. Many a time sitting up to midnight watching the World Championship with Dennis and Cliff Thorburn and Willie Thorne. And... <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's great. So we've, we know what golf course you're going to play and we know who's going to play. Um, you, have you got a... Have you got a favourite? Have you got a favourite training aid? But I suppose you like the shadow one. That's probably going back to the shadow, is it? Yeah, it is. I like the shadow, but I think the one that I use probably, and I think I was at a seminar recently, is just that that dry shampoo. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Does great wonders for your hair so, as well, but uh, yeah, the dry shampoo. <laughs> Dry shampoo on the club face so you can see the impact. Like yeah, that. and I think because I think the big thing for me, that plain truth, I never forget when we had to do that blind ball flight test. I thought, oh, my goodness, I nearly passed out. I thought, whoa, I've got to do this blind ball flight test. But I use that a huge amount, yeah. a huge amount. And I think, yeah. you know, I also use that for yeah. coaching, um, especially to try and get the players to, to listen to where their strike is and, and yeah and, and understanding yeah. the club face because I think it's quite it can be quite uh omitted in coaching is is about club face control you know a club face awareness within the swing you know for a new player we do forget that they're wielding this lump of metal around their their body and they have no idea where that club head is coming at what angle and at what direction so I think that's something that I really try to um, get them to understand early on. Not even early on for beginners, but also for more elite players as well. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. It's, um, it's something that uh, I've always enjoyed either watching people take the blind impact and ball flight test. And it's also a very enjoyable uh, time for me if I get to actually try and hit all the mm. ball flights that's always different. So the awareness of what I need to do to create that impact is always very interesting from a, I think from a player's or from a coach's point of view to try and hit all those different shapes and what different path and angle you mm -hmm. need to do and what you need to do. With yeah, places, absolutely. I mean, people can worry, be so worried about what their, what their little finger on their right hand's doing instead of really focusing on what, what really matters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sarah, where can people get hold of you or how can people get hold of you, whether it be on social media or your website? Give them, give them okay, all a shout right. out. Well, I do. Um, I've got quite a sort of comprehensive website, which is uh, sarahbennettgolf.co.uk. Um, and there's sort of contact forms on there, which I, I respond to within. Well, I'm kind of glued to my phone so pretty quickly. So um, Twitter um, it's at S Bennett Golf or at Golfing Girl UK, which is specifically for ladies, um, the Golfing Girl UK. Um, and then I do um, a business Facebook, which is an open open business page, um, just Sarah Bennett Golf. Fantastic. Now, as, you're, uh, as you are the guest of the day, you get to ask questions today. <laughs> So question for the day, it can be for coaches or it can be for players. It can be, it can be for whatever you like. So question of the okay, day. Okay, so. my question for the day is what, um, what is your favourite drill for fixing the common slice? Ooh. Okay, good. And if you put that in on Google, I mean, oh, wow, the amount of, 
different ways. Yes, that come absolutely. Up. <laughs> some good and some not so yeah. good. <laughs> some good and not so good. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. Sarah, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast. Just, I, we've really barely scratched the surface of all the stuff that you actually do inside and outside of golf. Um, I think a lot of people, um, I, I would love everyone to go onto your website um, or on your Facebook page to see all the wonderful stuff that you do for a lot of people. Um, I know you did a lot of stuff for the armed forces. Um around mm-hmm. Essex. Uh, obviously, the stuff that you've done with, with Wendy is, has just been phenomenal. I mean, she's, she's awesome. Um, and, you know, we've, we've known each other now for, what, 10 years. Yeah. I've always thoroughly enjoyed spending time with you. We've had, we've had a lot of laughs. Um, I wish you all the success. You're, you're, you're wonderful. <laughs> and I'll hopefully people, uh, will uh, get hold of you and uh, go and have a lesson with you and, and find out and listen to all your experiences thank you duncan for the invitation i really appreciate that um it's a a great opportunity and i've loved uh, loved talking to you yeah we're going to catch up soon um and uh give all our love to everyone back in essex i've been over there for i think it's seven Seven, years seven years it's changed it's changed completely no it hasn't (laughs) (laughs) it's still a wonderful place to be (laughs) I know it is. I know it is. I've got lots you of do. friends over there and I will make an effort to come over. Well, when you, you do, let's, let's have a knock, but I'm getting a couple of shots off you, Dunks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Excellent. All right. Sarah, lovely to speak to you. Thanks so much. Soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Yeah.